Sarah, our sponsor Vionic is back today with their Vionic Vitals collection. These shoes are the most essential styles for everyday wear to get us ready for spring, which will be here before we know it. We've already talked about my Uptown Loafers and Willa Slip On Flat and your Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, but this collection also includes the Walk 23 Classic Sneaker. That is that unapologetic dad sneaker style that's so popular right now. And I was just thinking having all four styles would basically be like having a spring capsule wardrobe for your feet. Oh my gosh, that is actually such a genius idea, Megan. I love where you're going with this. You know, high quality shoes are such a classy way to elevate your wardrobe. And the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection really can be worn in your everyday mom life, whether you're running errands or dressing up for an occasion. Yeah, and let's talk about the comfort factor, Sarah. Vionic actually got started by revolutionizing medical orthotics. Today, they continue to use that science to make cute and comfortable shoes that can keep up with our active lifestyles. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Vionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hey, Sarah, are you excited about today's episode? I am really excited. Something about spring makes me want to get inspired about space again. So this feels like a, well, you can set up the topic, but I I am excited. It feels like a good topic. It is a good topic. Well, we're here in your ears on a Sunday, which means this is one of our more than mom episodes where we're not necessarily talking about parenting topics, um, but we're just talking about our life as, as moms. So today we're talking about the spaces that inspire us. Um, And it's funny, like, sometimes that can mean specific spaces, like specific real spaces. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's kind of like a, like a general, like a general idea of a space um, or like something that you've been exposed to in like literature or photos that just speaks to you and moves you. So I feel like it can mean a variety of things. I think it can too. And we always have fun, like kind of fantasizing about space and decor and homes and kitchens. And one thing that occurred to me as we were preparing this is an inspiring space doesn't necessarily have to be one that you create in your own home or you may never actually Mm. have it, but looking at it, thinking about it, almost like um, sort of imbuing the essence of it can be just that, just inspiring. And then of course, sometimes like we do try to recreate these inspiring spaces, but some of the things we're going to talk about today, I may never actualize or realize, but they serve to inspire me from like a visual space standpoint. I love that. And we're going to talk about um, spaces that are actually in our homes or that we have actual access to right now, which can sometimes be inspiring in like surprising ways because you weren't maybe looking for that. Like you move into a house that happens to have a room that you're like, oh, this room is awesome. You didn't know you were looking for that room. You just wound up with it. And now it's like, what can I do with it? So there's like that kind of inspiration. And then there's the kind that you know, is more esoteric or just like more generalized where it's a kind. And like you said, where it may never come to fruition. Um, I just have to share this like little behind the scenes moment because I think listeners will appreciate this. So one of the things I've had like a strong emotional pull to like an image in a space for a very long time is like the idea, like the image of a cat curled up like on a, maybe on a chair with a shaft of sunlight, you know, pouring over it. And I have a cat in my actual workspace who is so annoying that I'm going to have to be mean to her to make her go away. (laughs) Like that's the only, she's super needy right now because the kids and I have been traveling a lot. So she just absolutely won't leave me alone. And the only way to get her to go away is to just be like, annoy her so much that she runs away. So I feel bad. I just, I just annoyed my cat away. Yeah. It's like you're crushing your own fantasy. I definitely think there are some things that we'll talk about <laughs> of my fantasy spaces that if I actually achieved those things, I'd be like, well, this stinks. I don't like it here. So that's, that's why it's like fantasy, it. not reality. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's quickly talk about the actual places that we find um, both info and inspo um, about like those visual 
fantasy spaces? I guess if you go first on this one, like, sure. do you have places that you seek out? I mean, Instagram, it's like so cliche, but I was thinking about the spaces that um, I find inspiring on Instagram. And I would say it's as often real people and their real creative spaces or their real reading nooks or their real um, homes and, and little cozy spaces as it is um, images produced for the purpose of like showing you creative use of space. Does that make sense? So I'm not following apartment therapy or like we've talked about house and garden UK, which is one of my favorite, like lots of like English cottages and stuff. So I follow a few things like that. Um, But I actually find myself inspired by creators, a lot of writers and fellow internet creators when they show whether it's on purpose or by accident, um, like their workspace, their reading nook, where they do their creative work. So yes to Instagram as, as getting inspiration about space. Um, and then I watch a lot of premium streaming television and those set designers and art directors (laughs) decorating those apartments, whether it's like a period piece that I'm never going to live in like the late 1950s in Manhattan, but we're talking about spaces that inspire us, not necessarily like what we're actually going to achieve. And so I get a ton of visual space inspiration from the television I watch. And I could do a spinoff episode just about like TV apartments and houses. How about you? I think we probably need to do that. Yeah. I think I think I've said that actually okay. recently. So it's, I'm clearly beating yeah. the same drum. <laughs> yes. Well, let's put that on our list because I think that would be a great idea. And I know we both have some specific period um, television shows that we both find jaw dropping, um, jaw dropping, droppingly inspirational. I, I agree though, like that. I like when people show their real spaces. Um, I do consume a lot of magazine content. I've always loved it, but there's, there are some magazines that will just never appeal to me because the end result they show is too sterile. It's like mm. the, it's like the so clean, so neat version of a creative space that it just feels like everything's been sucked out of it. And I like something that looks a little more lived in. And I think some publications do a really good job of that. Um, two in particular that I've been reading a lot lately are called in her studio magazine and what, uh, sorry, where women create I actually did a little story on my Instagram over the weekend because I was, I spent um, this, I spent a Sunday just looking at magazines and those were two that like always come to the top of my stack. And they both, both of the publishers have like others like in her, like in her studio also has in her garden and, and, and they just look like, um, and where women create also has what women create, but it's like real women's studios and creative spaces, including like some messy things and like some yeah. cluttered collections of things. And, and I just like that. I know it's still, it's still probably very styled and very curated, but it, it feels more real to me. Um, and I think Country Living Magazine is a good one for that, too. Like the place, the spaces don't feel too polished and like too made for a magazine spread. Mm-hmm. They do feel like they have a little real. life in them. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, Sarah, for you, do these um, do these inspiring spaces, like the things that you find your brain coming back to again and again, like have these been with you for a long time? Or are they the, are they transient? I, can you remember back to being like 13 and uh-huh. being... into English cottages. Okay. Yeah, me too. Me too. I think I've been in the same spaces my whole life. Oh yeah. I'm sure we're similar here. No, I have had the same type of inspired space visions, space visions. Sounds like I'm going to space. Um, since I was, (laughs) since I was a child and really the through line, and this will become clear as we talk through this episode is cozy spaces, uh, space where actual physical space is at a premium. So it's slightly cluttered or cramped or cozy. Um, and then also some kind of historical charm. Um, and that's always a through line for me. I actually remember being a very small child and wishing I had stairs in my house. We didn't. I lived in single story homes all of my growing up, not because I thought upstairs and downstairs were cool, but because I thought a landing halfway down the stairs, that little like three by three square, I thought, oh, I could do something fun with that. I could make a fort. Mm. I could make a reading nook. So my whole life, it's like I've wanted cozy and wanted to be able to create space from a very little amount of actual space. Um, I was thinking about 
I don't know if you remember Bette Midler's apartment in New York in Beaches, like from oh, the, yeah. 1989. There were like Christmas lights in the apartment and the bathtub was like in the kitchen or something or like in the, it was like a studio apartment probably. I, I My memory. And weren't they like lot. beating on the radiator a lot to Maybe. get it to go? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. It was that yeah. romanticized version of kind of starving artist life or whatever. And I think that's played a, played a role in inspiring, especially creative spaces for me from the beginning. So no, mine don't really evolve. They, I guess they grow up, but, and they change with the times, but they don't really change. Well, and I think what, what you said about like some kind of historic charm, one thing I've noticed for myself, um, is that like what that era might be has changed or sometimes I'm surprised. And I'll talk about this a little bit later in the show. When I talk about my current kitchen, like for a long time, I was really into super period kitchens. Like I'm talking, you know, turn of the century kitchens with like, and like un- totally, they call it, um, oh my gosh, there's a word for it. Not unboxed, but it means like things oh, unfitted. So things aren't like fitted to okay, the walls yes. or built in. Everything is sort of standalone. Um, that unfitted isn't the right word either, but people listening to this who know will know what I'm yeah. talking about. And, um, that was like a look I was really into. Then I was really into like the forties and fifties kitchens, like a country, like a solid forties country kitchen. Uh And now I'm finding myself weirdly drawn to like sixties and seventies kitchens. I was even at an antique store last week and saw a set of Pyrex from the early eighties with like the, um, like a Mm mauve rosy tone. And I was like, Ooh, look at these. And then I'm like, what are you this? You would have hated this 15 years ago. So I mean, it happens, right? We like yeah. find ourselves like there's a reason things go away and then come back. But yep. I will say like what periods I'm attracted to can be a bit transient. And sometimes it's like, does it what emotional bell is it ringing um, for me? The thing about the stairs made me think of when I was a kid and I had I lived in uh, several old houses as a kid with really cool um, historic features in them. But they all had the kind of stairs that were like at the back of the house, they were like working yeah. stairs. They weren't uh-huh. really for you to be on display. And I always wanted to go to a fancy debt, like a dance, like prom or homecoming uh-huh. and walk down an yes. open staircase into my living room. Like every and I movie. Never, yes. And I never got to have it. Never. <laughs> it's a dream that I still have not to this day been able to like someone, someone give me a banister to walk down or like a, a staircase yes. to walk down while holding the banister and looking ravishing. I, I'm waiting. Hello. Hello. So, hello. yeah. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so anyway. Um, okay. Well, I don't want to make this go too long, but I do, you know, Sarah, we have talked both you and I a lot together. And then also on the show kind of jokingly about our midlife lady leisure pursuits, like <laughs> the things that we get into now, like, you know, chickens or Pilates or whatever. And I'm wondering for you, how those spaces, whether they're imaginary spaces or actual spaces that you have or might have, um, how they play a role in how you feel about those pursuits or like your pursuit of those pursuits? Yes. I mean, I'm I'm not quite sure how to answer that, except that when I think of the, the midlife lady pursuits that I'm interested in, um, you know, fostering kittens, get it becoming more of a plant lady doing creative work, like writing and photography, like it all fits with the design aesthetic of inspiring spaces for me. There is a, there is a container that all of these things fit into. It's not like my midlife lady leisure pursuits are hiking the Appalachian trail. And yet I want a cozy creative studio. Like it's, it's on brand for me. How about you? Right. Well, it's yes, absolutely. Because I think the space, like it's easy to get kind of carried away thinking how the space is the thing that will make the thing I want to do a thing I do do, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like if I just have the right space, which is funny because I've been working out of my bed for like yeah. the better part of two decades for the most part. <laughs> um, but I do now right as we speak, I have an office. So the the home that I bought back in, I guess, December has a shop building on like right next door, like on the property and the front room is going to be my office and studio and Eric and his son are like next door right now working on it. So within a couple of weeks, I will have a standalone, like separate office that I can go into where I don't record in bed anymore, which is going to be really weird to get used to, but, um, where I'll be able to spread all my stuff out and like, I'll be in that space only 
working like in my creative space and one's own it's a room of one's oh and it's big enough that I can have like a little yoga spot in there I could have like a like a table set up for something else like craft supply like there's plenty of space Mm. and so now I'm like oh my gosh part of me my mind is just going crazy because it's basically just going to be a blank space when I move in I can do whatever I want with it yeah but I also part of me is just a little bit afraid that like wanting the space to do it in is just like I don't know, like a lie I've told myself yeah. and that I actually won't use. You know what I mean? Like I'll get the space and be, then be like, eh, well, <laughs> I just think about want to play again, on, play around on Instagram and hear something. Well, okay. So I think that's a very real, and let's dig into this because I think people can relate to this and I'll use writing as an example. And you and I have both had this, both the romantic vision of being a writer and then the actual experience of being on deadline and like having to write something. And, you know, like, I think it's a common writerly experience that like the way you picture yourself with books and note in little handwritten notes and a cup of tea around you and just like typing away, maybe it's even a typewriter that like feels so romantic. But when you're under deadline, you're probably like you have unwashed hair you're like sitting at your kitchen table. It's not cute. There's no cat curled up. So I I agree that sometimes we think the physical space is going to inspire the real work. And sometimes the real work looks a lot less glamorous. But who's to say we can't have both, right? Like we can, we can right. aspire to the beautiful space. And you might still feel like you might go in there and scroll Instagram for two hours. And you might still podcast from bed in your regular house. But right. bo- both can be true. That's true. And, and this space still serves a purpose. Like having it will, will inspire me, even if I don't always use it exactly the way, you know, I, th- I thought that I was. So I'm really excited and I can't wait to share, wait to share pictures when I have something to share. I'm so excited for you. Megan, spring is one of our family's busiest seasons with tons of time on the go. There are so many places to be and details to remember. And the last thing I need is the constant irritation of uncomfortable shoes. So today we're talking about the Vionic Vitals collection from our longtime sponsor, Vionic Shoes. These are the best essential shoe styles for everyday wear this season. So Katie on our team is getting ready for warmer weather in Chicagoland with a pair of Vionic's Bella Toe Post sandals. These are Vionic's best-selling flip-flop style, and they have a cute little bow on them. They come in nine great colors, but Katie chose a versatile black patent leather. They're super supportive for her high instep, and they even come in wide sizes, which is a great option. Yeah, the styles in the Vionic Vitals collection are classics that don't really go out of fashion. And because they're such great quality, they're going to last as well, even with daily wear, which mine definitely get. And I love that Vionic offers a 30-day guarantee. Wear them, love them, or return them for a full refund within 30 days. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair. Use code themomhour15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin, was created. That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one. Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Sarah, so let's dive in by talking about the real spaces we have actually in at our disposal that we're inspired by um, and then how we use them or how we'd like to use them, maybe what improvements we imagine making to them. Um, I will start because I'm in a new house. I have lots of things to pay attention to in this way. So this was really fun. Um, I'm going to start with my sunroom. So it's just this little room that's like off of the kitchen that overlooks the back of the property. And there's a little gazebo that I'll talk about later. Um, 
and it's got skylights and you know windows on all the walls and it's just really bright and sunny but kind of plain like it's just I think they're just white walls or like off white walls um right now the way I'm using it is like it it basically became a dumping ground for everything that didn't fit in the kitchen (laughs) so the answer is way too much like it's got a dining room table there was a sofa in it when we moved in and we thought maybe we would use that as like a seating area it's like a little love seat Mm -hmm. it's too much I don't want that in there anymore um, I put my tea station in there cause there's like a pass through to the kitchen between and that used to be the back of the house. There's a window okay. and then they yeah. built on the sunroom. So they're now they it's just opened up and it's just like a little pass through right at the sink. Um, and let's see the piano is in there. There's like, a the wine rack thing is in there. I've got like a little piece of furniture that I keep like potatoes and onions in. It's like this little thing with drawers that come out. Um, Anyway, way too much stuff. And every time I look at it, I think, oh, man. I mean, the dining room table probably has to stay because right now our kitchen really can't be a, a solid eat-in kitchen. And I'll talk more about my kitchen later, too. But but in the future, I just see it as like a quasi-breakfast nook slash tea and coffee room with like tons of plants because it really could be a place. It's not hot like a greenhouse. But it definitely is a sunny room yeah. that I could like start seeds and things like that in or just have my house plants in or bring plants in for the winter. Um, and I just in my mind's eye, I think about what it'll be and it, I see it and it's amazing. But I'm just I have a long ways to go. <laughs> I love that. But, you know, light is like the most important ingredient. I think you can't take a dark room and give it light. So it's like you have the, the perfect canvas, I guess. Exactly. That's what it feels like, like a a canvas I can do anything with. But like, I almost don't even know where to start. I think the place to start is to take about half the stuff out, honestly, and then just live with it for a little bit. All right. What about you? Well, a space that we've been in this house, it will be two years this summer. So a little more than a year and a half. And our house is a ranch style. Um, It has a formal living room right in the center of the house. And it has a big bay window with a window seat and bookcase built-in bookcases on either side. It has a real wood-burning fireplace. Like this room is like something I would have dreamed up as a child. With the exception it's mm. not particularly cozy. It's actually quite a large square room. But built-in bookcases and a window seat you could curl up and read in is like the stuff yeah. of my childhood fantasies and I have it now. And I literally like don't ever not pinch myself in this room. It also gets great light because of the big bay window. And then at the back of the room, there are French doors going out to the patio. So you can kind of see all the way through it. Um, It's a big square room. It is painted white now. The fireplace has um, really cool tile. But otherwise, it it, it did start as kind of like a pretty plain canvas. Um, How we use it now, it's right in the center of our house and you walk by it a hundred times a day because it connects the back of the house where the bedrooms are to the main living part of the house. The nice thing is I notice I say we didn't walk through it. We walk by it because I've lived in houses where you have to walk through a pretty room and kids are always dropping their stuff and leaving their stuff. But um, the way the hallway works is you're really like skirting the room. So you get to look at it, but not go through it. Mm hmm. Um, I was going to say that like that room, what I remember is every time when I've been in your house, I see it on my way to somewhere else. Yeah. But like didn't spend a lot of time in it, it but it's a beautiful room. Yeah, it is a beautiful room. Yeah. So we sit in it. So we walk by it a million times a day. We sit in it maybe once a week to have a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or the, you know, the kids will wander by and they will. They'll they'll curl up and read in there because most of the books are in there. The piano's in that room and Reed spends a lot of time at the piano Um, The dog will sit in the bay window on the window seat. I think in terms of how I dream of using it more in the future, it's definitely a great room for entertaining. Those those French doors can open up so it can kind of connect to the patio. And, um, you know, there's a fireplace for cozy winter fires. So it's a room that could actually have a proper gathering in it, like almost like a little bit more of a formal party, like a like a cocktail party, because, you know, parties, people gather in the kitchen and this room is not connected to the kitchen. It is a it is a proper separate living room. Um, And yeah, so I I I think that's the fantasy of doing some more entertaining. So Um, I I just want to add that one of the things that I have always wanted to do is have a progressive dinner party. Oh yeah. And I, I have feel too. Like, I've never done it. No, that's, yes, that's not true. I, I have, have either. It, but a long time ago. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, I feel like that room and the way you're describing wanting to use it would be perfect for like the after dinner drinks portion. Mm -hmm. It is. With like with like little like little handheld dessert. It would be like either the appetizer space or like the liqueur Ending. space, like the yes. dessert beverage space. Like yes, on the coffee. when they said, shall we walk through? Like that, <laughs> shall we, this yes, is the shall room we walk through? Pass yes. through. Yeah, this pass is the through. room you pass through too. I don't know if it's walk through or pass through. I think it's pass through. I think okay. it's pass through. Of course, you'd all have to be in your evening wear yes. if you're going to do that. So I want you to have this party um, uh, and then just come tell us about it. I don't want to plan okay. it for you. I want you to plan it and do it. And then I want to hear about it. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> well, since I talked about my sunroom and how it's attached to my kitchen, now I need to talk about my kitchen because I, this is the kind of space I find weirdly inspiring, even though like there's a lot to be desired in it. So I'll just describe it. Um, this is like a probably super late seventies or early eighties kitchen, dark cabinetry. And the, the people who built this house, um, the, the husband was a cabinet maker and they built it in the 60s. So it's possible that the, the cabinets have been there all along, but that they like changed up some of the tile and stuff. That's kind of what I think happened. Yeah. Like they're really nice, solid cabinets, but they're old. Um, They're they're dated. Let's put it yeah. that way. But I think they probably switched out the hardware and the floors are like that um vinyl that's fake brick. And it was like, oh, I think that was a yeah. very 70s, maybe early 80s thing. Um this tile that at one point was probably quite in style, but just isn't. And then this absolutely terrible lighting. I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a big square light. That's like, like a ceiling light, but it's very fluorescent and ugly. Um, But it's not, it's not recessed. It's not like a can light. It's like a box Mm -hmm. that probably was not cheap back in the day, but it's like four decades later. So, and then there's this weird island that by or a peninsula, I guess, that bisects the room. So it like cuts the room off. And then those hang down. The reason I kind of think that the cabinets have been around for longer is that it's that very 60s, 70s style where the cabinets come down halfway into the room and like mm-hmm. cut it off. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. So there are things about this room that I just want to be gone right, like right now, like yesterday. But there's another thing I kind of love about the retro vibe, even though I was never really into 70s retro. Now that I'm in a space that has it, I kind of like it and I don't want to lose it entirely. And I actually posted on my Instagram stories just a little like time. This house in some ways feels like a little time capsule. And I was posting some things and mentioned that we would be remodeling the the kitchen. And Clara came out of her room. It was like, what are you talking about? No, we're not. (laughs) So she was super upset. Our stove actually broke and we went and found another retro stove because it was 50 bucks and I didn't want to, you know, right before our remodel, spend a bunch of money on a new stove when I don't know what, you know, which way direction we're going. But we got an even cooler, like even more retro 70s stove. And Claire's like, this is even better. We're keeping this. And I was like, well, it was $50. I wasn't, it's not like a long-term investment. But anyway, um, eventually what I would love is for it to open up because there's a lot of wasted space. Like the part that's on the other side of the um, weird hang down cabinets um, is basically just a pass through from the living room to the sunroom. It doesn't really get used. And a lot of the walls are taken up by doorways. So there's no, there's not enough wall space right now. It's awkward. And so that I want it to open up and then use that as kind of like the informal in kitchen eating so that the sunroom can be what we want it to be. I do want to modernize it but I don't want it to lose all of its charm. So I actually think like I've been watching um, that old TV and looking at some different Instagram accounts with a slightly different eye. Like how do I make it more functional, but still keep some of that retro flair? I don't really know. I don't want like a, I don't want it to look just like a kitchen out of a box. I want it to keep some of what it's got. I just don't quite know how to do it. Well, it kind of follows that mid-century has been now in for so long and that creeps into 60s, mid-60s, like whatever mod. And then it would make sense that we would be, we are moving forward in time and 70s would start to come around. So, um, and that's obviously what you, that's what you got. It's not like you chose 70s, but I do think you'll be able to find current inspiration that help you keep some of that. There's a couple Instagram accounts that I follow. One's called um, Rinky Dink Retro. And then there's another woman who I actually have met in real life. She lives in Chicago and she got featured like in the Chicago Tribune or something because she's basically living like purposely living in a time capsule. Like she 
has stuck with all of the architectural details from her, I want to say like early 70s house and is adding to it with a lot wow. of kitchen. I'm not going to go that far, but it's so fun to watch. Like it's really, really fun yeah. to keep an eye on. Yeah. So I love it. Okay. Well, another one for me that's currently bringing me inspiration and I have actual access and use of it is um, my office and the office I've talked about, I think on the show, it's right off of our bedroom. When we first moved into this house, Brian was work from home for almost a year, the first year we were in this house. And then he started going into the office and we set it up as kind of a his and hers office from the beginning, but it was his because he was here. <laughs> and now it's really mostly me who uses it. Um, my desk faces a window. Behind me are some more built-in bookshelves that I have styled really cute. So when I'm on a Zoom with you, Megan, it makes for like a nice, you know, not just you, but you and other Zoom meetings. I have, we have noticed, for our business. I have noticed yeah. your Zoom back backdrop. Yep. Yeah. It feels, it feels like professional and modern and the lighting is fairly good. But here's the, where the window faces. The window faces the side of our house and the slope of the property means that the window looks out almost like eye level with an embankment, if that makes sense. So mm. I don't get a lot of sky. There's a lot. It's like almost like I'm looking at a little hill. And I told Brian and the kids for my birthday this year, a few months ago, I was like, you know, this this view is in its own way kind of charming. It's not a vista. I can't see very mm. far and I can't see the sky. But I see little birds and squirrels like rooting around in the shrubs. And there's a little fence line that I sometimes see like bunnies on. And so it's like a very back to the cozy. It's a cozy view. It's not like a, a beautiful, expansive view. I said, what if we put a little bird feeder or a little bird bath out there? That's all I want for my birthday. So I jokingly call it my wildlife sanctuary or like my my wildlife viewing sanctuary and it has right now a, a solar powered little bird bath fountain that shoots up water. As long as there's waters in it, the solar, it has a little solar thing and then it like shoots water up. So the birds will come play in it and a little bird feeder. And I kind of want like, are you allowed to put salt licks out for deer anymore? I don't know if that's good for deer, but like, yeah, well, oh, I was going to say, I think it depends on your municipality, but I don't know okay. if it's actually good for them or not. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that was something we did like as kids. So I have no idea. I'm not trying to, not trying to, um, upset any deer lovers or uh, I might not be uh, educated on that, but I might want to put something to attract the deer because they do walk through that area. And so it's like my little, like, I don't know, Cinderella and her woodland creature friends, wildlife viewing sanctuary. And I love it. So that is what I currently love about it. Um, in terms of like improvements that could happen soon, the desks in that office were set up, as I said, for mostly for Brian to work comfortably from home and for me to have a little corner. And now our roles have kind of flipped because he's almost never in there. My desk is very small. It's not very comfortable. The chair is not very comfortable. So I feel like down the road, I'm not sure I would switch desks with him, but I might get a slightly different or bigger desk and more comfortable chair because I think if I did... I would spend more time actually working in there right now. I mostly use it for like video zoom calls, um, paying bills and a few other things. But I think with some moderate, modest furniture upgrades, I'd be more comfortable, like really sitting in there for a, a big part of my work day. I, I love it. And, um, I remember hearing about that in early pandemic times, how the door was glass. And so yes. you, if you happen to be like changing in the next room, um, it was super weird. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, yeah. It's adjacent to our bedroom and the, it had a glass panel door. And no matter where I went to change my clothes, the closet, the bathroom, or by my dresser, all of them were in view of Brian sitting at his desk. And so we did these frosted window panes that actually look great. They still let light through that window or that door, but I don't feel so self-conscious. Yeah, well, my last one in this category of spaces that we actually have is a gazebo. This house has probably, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not very spatially aware, but like probably 20 feet from my back door, um, off the sunroom and between, between it, there's like a patio. And then that is a gazebo. I mean, we have to pause. Like we have to pause. You have, you, you have a gazebo. This is I, like, I, feels I own like a gazebo. Things that would be on the <laughs> fantasy list is in your yes. real list. And I know. I, I, Mine is bizarre. more subtle, but the fact that like I have a a, a window seat with built-in bookshelves, yeah. it felt that magical right. to me when I moved in. But gazebo is next level. Okay, continue. I, I know. Well, I'm looking at it just like what when I you know I and when we looked at this house, I didn't want to be like the gazebo sold me because that's dumb. I mean, you right. could you could build a gazebo. It's not like it it can't be had on a property that it doesn't come with one. But this house came with one. Um, 
and it's it's a it's got electric run into it um and a, a nice roof like a real you know like roof um it's not so just like compared to like Liesel and Rolf leaping <laughs> around in a circle how yeah. what's the size it's smaller than that right uh I, that yeah because there's no, I would say it's smaller. It's okay. been a while since I've watched Liesl um, and Rolf she, romp she around. Leaps but she from... it takes her a long time to leap all the way around, right? Because right? yeah. she can get several steps per railing yeah. before she is left. So, this is like a real conversation we're having right now. It's step, I'm step, gonna... step, step, crunchete, like five okay. times. Uh, okay. Well, <laughs> I would say I would only be able to step crunchete. Like okay. I wouldn't be able to step step. There's uh-huh. probably, you know, it's like I'm looking at it right now at my back window um, uh, for my bedroom. So it's like a hexagon. Yep. And each panel is about the size of a standard size front door with a little trim. So probably three feet wide. Okay. Yeah. So and there's like a table right in the middle, like a big round or maybe even octagonal Amazing. table. Um, that currently has like a fake flower display in it. I guess they that's how they styled it. Um, and it's got like wainscoting around the outside and trim and some trellis. It's just like it is magical. Now, currently, it's just full of spiders and yeah. the weather hasn't really been nice enough here to really use it. And the lights burned out. Um, so Eric is going to actually replace the light with a fan. Oh, and the outside is all screened. So oh. I wouldn't be able to step Jete anyway because of the screen being in the way. There's yeah, not like that a also means platform. the bugs can't get in. I mean, oh, this is like oh my gosh, getting yeah, it's more and more amazing. Oh my gosh! So it it needs a good power cleaning, um, inside and out, and it needs the light to be working, and a, a fan will be great. And then it is going to be the place of my dreams. I don't even know what to think about how to use it. Like, I'm just looking at it right now. Like, the first thing is I want to have a tea party. I want to yep. have like brunch teas out there. I also want it to be absolutely encased in vines, which I don't actually because that would be bad. But like right. the More romantic spiders. part of my dream yeah. that wants me to pretend like I just found this in the middle of a forest wants it to be, you know, like covered with greenery. I think instead there are rose bushes behind it. And I think I would really like to have kind of a cottage style garden surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what's so magical about it is what can be done around the space. So we want to put like a a fire pit somewhere in the backyard. But mm-hmm. like, what if the fire pit was just far enough where like there could be people sitting around the fire pit and then people sitting in the gazebo at the same time. And like, they'd be yeah. sort of adjacent, but not like not too close. Um, I would have put my uh, hammock out there. I have like one of those hammocks on mm-hmm. a, one of those, you know, metal frames that could kind of go in the same area and there could just be like flowers and shrubs around it. So I have this, I need someone who's actually good at like, landscape architecture yeah. to help mm-hmm. me design it. Cause I don't think I'll be able to do it. I'm not equal to the task. Let's put it that way. If we're talking in yeah. Jade Austin terms right now. Um, but it just has so much potential. And as soon, like we're supposed to get some really nice weather this weekend and I want to just get in there and start scrubbing it and sucking up spiders with the shop back or something. And, um, and, and get it in shape to at least sit in. I know Will did have some buddies here last weekend and they went and sat in it. So amazing. It is truly like a dream. Okay. Well, this matches up. Well, mine is not nearly as romantic, but both of us saved for last the thing that kind of needs the most help or work. Yeah. So my last one is a small side patio. It's right off that room. We call the rec room where you stayed, Megan, that we convert into a little guest room. And, um, it is a square of brick patio that is like very it's off the side of the house and it's very separate from kind of the main part of the backyard there's two big orange trees right there and brian's garden beds his raised beds that he's been building for like a year when they're done they will be just in front of it it's a really quiet corner of the property so you're not seeing the road you're not seeing the main part of the backyard so again feels cozy and we're just not using this little brick square at all right now. I um, have visions for like, well, I've thought about a hot tub. I I don't know. I, I really don't know what I think about that. But something that draws us out there. I'm glad you brought up hammock because I've thought about a hammock between the two orange trees. It's just this underutilized side of our yard that's a little junky right now. But something about the fact that they've they paved or they they did brick for this. I'm going to say it's like a. 10 by 10 square, like the size of a a very small room. 
And so it just needs like an outdoor rug and some cute chairs. And I feel like it just would be a little sanctuary, but I'm not quite, I'm not quite sure. I don't know if we're going the, like the adult fire pit and like cozy nook direction or like a hot tub and a ping pong table. I don't know, but it it has potential. Yeah. I mean, I remember spending time in that space and what I thought was interesting about it, um, because you gave me like when I was sleeping in that, um, bedroom or that, what do you call it? Like, it's like a guest room slash rumpus room, right? So yes. mm-hmm. when I was in the rumpus room, I was a rumpus room guest. Um, yes. I kept thinking, Ooh, I have my tea and there's that nice patio, but yeah, that I was being drawn to the inside of the house because that's where everybody else was. So there was yeah. like something needed to be there to draw me out. And that I totally know what you mean. Like for you guys to all get out there would be like a trek. Yes. You so how do have you to make go. It? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I mean, you and I love to talk about like solo leisure writing and quiet time and meditation and yoga. And maybe it is like, it seems ideal for that type of solo sitting. Um, yeah. yeah. And so it might just be a matter of like the right furniture and the right little, you know, outdoor plants and little table. And then maybe it's just the place you go and have two o'clock coffee by yourself. And by you, I mean me. So, <laughs> well, and don't you feel like sometimes there can be the most ideal space for something, but if you don't train yourself to use it, it just doesn't get used. So uh-huh. it's almost like you have to put it on your phone for it. Like you have to make an appointment with yourself, go sit outside with a book, you know, yeah. or go sit on the patio with a book and my cup of coffee or whatever, and do it like five times until that's the place where you do that right. thing. And like, then suddenly that's the place where you do that thing. Exactly. Like pair it yeah. and pairing it with something where like, this is where I do my morning reading or this is where yeah. I have my two o'clock coffee. Yeah. Love it. Pretty soon, no one will be able to find you ever. It'll Where's be like, mom? mom has been gone for a really long time. Mom's you've patio. Just, you've just been hanging out in the in the hot tub or the um in the hammock. Uh, yeah. yeah. So this episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine. Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring. Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me. Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash themomhour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, Sarah, we're back and we're going to talk about fantasy spaces. And and by this, I kind of mean, I mean, if you have like a really particular space, that's totally fine too. Like if you've always been drawn to like, I don't know, the New York Public Library or something, that's totally fine. But I'm thinking more like types of spaces. Those are mine anyway. Like yeah. when I see a photo of this type of structure or this type of setting, it just does something to me. Um, and then also I would love it if we could just mention like what we think we would do with the space, maybe how we think we would decorate a decorated or like style it um, if we actually were to have one. So the first for me is an A-frame cottage. Um, yes. I mean, right. And the yeah. way they look like they're just part of the surroundings, I think is so amazing. There's just something about them that, and again, I think they're kind of coming back into vogue. So I'm not a hundred percent sure if 20 years ago, I would have been like, Ooh, a frames, maybe, I don't know. But like right now I feel like they're, they're very romanticized and like they're easy to consume in many different places right now. Um, 
when I see one and think about how I would use it, I mean, my, my wheels just get spinning so fast, like up North cabin. I actually do think on our property up North, we will have an A-frame at some point. It just makes a lot of sense. It's simple construction, blah, blah, blah. Good for but, uh, heavy snows, right? Yeah. Too. Right. Mm-hmm. It just rolls down. Yep. Yeah. So, so the up North cabin thing that probably will actually come true, but I also think like, oh, a yoga studio or a writer's studio or an art studio in case I ever take up art. <laughs> It's like if I was ever going to take up art, I would kind of need to have an A-frame yeah. cottage to do it in, don't you think? So um, so there's that. Like, I feel like it could be used for almost anything. Um, nap, like a nap room. Like, it'd be great for that. <laughs> but when I think about how I would decorate it, I sort of envision this sort of mashup of like a vintage mid-century hunting or fishing cabin with like a lot of wood and plaid. But then with Scandinavian simplicity, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure how those two things mash up, but in my mind, they do. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So um, <laughs> how about you? So the first one, and I agree, mine are all kind of general, like could could be achieved in a number of different ways and are more like general ethos. The first one is porches, balconies, small patios, small gardens. And there's something so appealing to me about a cozy outdoor space that you almost make livable. So like bringing the indoors out, but in a very cozy way. I have never really had true porches, um, especially like a covered porch or a wraparound porch. I've, I've had like a stoop in my various houses um, and I've never really had balconies. Both of them, they they invite that like it's a contained space that feels like almost bonus. It's not a living space in your house. You can decorate it, but it also is sort of in and, in and of itself, it is pretty to look at. Um, I guess if we're going true fantasy, which we know like for my brain, I have to like go the extra mile and not just think so realistically. My ideal would be like a covered outdoor space where it could be like raining, but also dry and cozy. And I think mm-hmm. what I would do is I would do rugs and textiles that were outdoor friendly. So it would have that feel of a living space, but outdoors, obviously string lights. I mean, of course, come on blankets, um, plants. So yeah, like a cozy porch slash balcony slash small patio slash small garden where you create the feeling of indoor living, but outside. How do you feel about metal roofs with rain hitting them? Hmm. I don't know. How do you feel about it? They're loud, but very romantic. Yeah. You know, in that sort of way that you're describing. So um, for yeah. both of our first ones, I have to mention that a listener said this in our Facebook group like a couple years ago, that if you if you have YouTube on your TV or you can airplay YouTube to your TV, you can pull up uh, like ambiance scenes on YouTube that are basically, <laughs> oh, you're laughing, but wait till you see them. You can search up like, cozy cabin raining in the spring and you will find like somebody has it's like a like a desktop screensaver type look only they're slightly animated so you'll hear the rain you might hear the fire crackling and with the listener who suggested it it was around Christmas time so you could like on your flat screen tv in your living room you could just set a scene where there's like a cozy Christmas coffee shop with a fire crackling and it just becomes the background, like in the yeah. same way you could put like a crackling fire on your Apple TV or whatever. It's the same idea. It sounds super cheesy, but Violet and I, whenever Violet and I are home alone, she'll be like, can we put on a scene and we go search for one? <laughs> and there's a lot of A-frames. So there's a lot of like where yeah. it makes you feel like you're in an A-frame cabin in the woods or you're on a covered porch and it's raining. I mean, come on. If you if friends listening, if you just are uninspired by your actual space and you want a very shortcut to that inspired feeling, do not discount throwing a YouTube ambiance scene on your flat screen TV. I mean, I have a TV in my bedroom that I've literally not turned on one time since I moved into this house because I just so rarely watch TV, um, especially in my bedroom, but I would use it for that. Yeah. That'd be perfect. It's amazing how many different ones there are. Like you can find ones where it feels like you're working in a cozy coffee shop and it's snowing outside. Like there are so many different ones. Oh, wow. I might never leave my house or my bedroom if I do that. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, here's another one that for me is like an immediate visceral response. And that is a greenhouse, especially if it's like an old greenhouse um, with like chipping paint on the window panes and stuff. Um, 
I, I think I've always had this and I've never been much of a gardener really, or like a plant person, but there's just something, well, first of all, I think when you live in a cold climate, um, there is just something about there being a sunny, humid space full of life in the middle of winter. Like yeah, it's there, gotta where be you life giving. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And there have been times when like, you know, um, especially when the kids were smaller and we just were getting those like February, March doldrums, we would just go to whatever conservatory was nearby when we lived in bigger cities and just stand in there and like yeah. soak up the heat. Um, so there's something about that, but I just think there's something so romantic about all the glass, the same way a sunroom is romantic. I just all the glass and the light. And then the idea that it's there to like give life to plants. Um, mm-hmm. And it also, again, the fantasy part of me, the perhaps magical thinking part of me thinks suddenly I'd be like great at gardening and houseplant maintenance yeah. if I had this space <laughs> for it. Um, I will also say that a consolation prize would be a really nice potting shed. But these are, there are some that are like, I don't know what really is the difference. I think maybe with a greenhouse, you really want it to be warm. And I don't know if there's something about the way they're built. I really don't know the answer. I'm very ignorant about that. But um, we just went to a place locally that has like structures. You could buy like sheds and little, you know, like chicken coops. We were actually looking for you, a chicken coop. You were sending me pictures and I was yes. like, I want to live in these she yes. sheds. Yes. You were like, I want one of those. Can I have a she shed? And that's kind of what inspired this episode, actually. But um, one of them that I walked into was like a glorified. Well, it was like a little tiny cabin or garage even with a completely glassed potting shed that I guess you could make into a greenhouse if it was a properly like warm. I guess that okay. would be the only difference, right? I don't know. I don't know the answer I don't know this. anything I about this. It. I live but in I just, a, in yeah. a, an earth there are no greenhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just stood and it was like, I just want this so much. I just kept saying that. I just want this. I just want this so Aww. much. And Eric's like, well, what, what would you do with it? I was like, I don't know. I would just, I would just be in it. I just want to have it. And I, that's still how I feel. I want to go back and buy it. Like now, oh my gosh, I want I want you to have it. I was really Thank into you. the pictures you were sending me. OK, yeah. and this is another television movie related sidebar. But I have to say, because I know listeners, somebody will validate me when you were talking about greenhouses. I was having flashbacks of a 90s um, psychological thriller. Do you know which movie ends with a very terrible scene in a greenhouse? I think it's single white female. But it's something like that. Did you, you, I know you're not so like this a scary is, movie person. No, this is bringing, like, I feel like I should know, but I don't. Um, And I don't think I, I mean, I feel like I've seen it. Whatever you're talking about, yes. I feel like I've seen it, but and I don't I, know for sure. I don't go for those movies anymore. But for a short time when I was like old enough to see them and too young to like have worldly worries, I, I watched some of those, like, they're not really horror movies. They're more like psychological thrillers. Was it The Hand That Rocks the Cradle? Yes, that's the one. It's not okay. single white. Those were the two that I watched probably more than once. <laughs> yep. I think it is The Hand That Rocks the yeah, Cradle, I think the creepy right. movie. Yeah. Okay. So sorry to shatter literally your greenhouse. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a bunch. But listeners who are our age will maybe also recall that. And a whole bunch of them were too young to see that movie. Um, okay. So my next one, I feel like I've already alluded to, but it is the classic writerly creative indoor space. And I'm going to read you from our outline some <laughs> some notes that I wrote down because maybe that will do better than me describing the ethos of this space. But again, we go back to, for me, a creative space where space is tight and charm, historical charm is high. That's always like the, that's the baseline. And I wrote down books, thrifted art, mixed pattern textiles, natural light windows and plants. And then I wrote I am a 55-year-old English professor with a third-floor office in an old building with great light but bad heating, which is why there are cozy (laughs) blankets in my office. There's a New England vibe for sure. Like, sorry, the door won't close properly and the floor (laughs) tilts. This was Emily Dickinson's old office. And then I wrote compulsory feline. So So that is like my meditation on, on a professorly bookish space. This was like... A stroke of genius. It almost feels like you must have been in a creative space just to write that paragraph. Like you were so inspired by thinking about it that you sat down and wrote a masterpiece. It's been in me since my whole life, like we talked about. All right, Sarah. Well, much like you want 
uh, you want me to have my greenhouse slash potting shed life. I want you to have this and you can have this. I like, could. I do feel like this could be this could be real for you. Except there's a New Englandness about it that I oh. probably will never. There's a New Hampshire or Connecticut or Massachusettsness about it. That there's an old Dar Williams song. Well, there's a Dar Williams song called Southern California Wants to Be Western New York, where she, <laughs> like in classic like folk lyrics, contrasts like the way West Coast people want the romanticism of what's really like largely unpleasant about living in the Northeast. It's a really, really good folk song, but that's what it reminds me of. Like, I will probably never have the New Englandness about this, but the rest is is accessible, achievable, including the feline. Well, and nothing's that old where you are either. Exactly. You have, like, that's you why. Know, yeah. That's why we <laughs> that's have why, like yeah. a deep longing, like a cellular longing for things that are older than, you know, 60 years. Here's what I'm picturing, Sarah. Eventually, the mom hour has a satellite office in New England or London. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I can we just it. go yeah, there. Like, yeah. Euro yeah. mom hour. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> so and we'll be like, <laughs> we would like be um, asking a, uh, a realtor, like where we want to have our company's European headquarters or, you know, East Coast headquarters. And we'd be like, well, it has to have a cobblestone street. Right. Obviously. Obviously. Like, don't it. show us. Don't show us anything with real with real roads, like right. modern roads. Ew. Could the window frames be painted shut slightly and, you know, at <laughs> least 200 years old. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Mm. Could there be like barely any light and like a frizzled old cat? Yeah. <laughs> That's just like <laughs> grumpily licking its paw in the corner. A noisy yeah. radiator of some kind. Great. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. They'd be like, sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I will um, tell you my last one because I think this is this is one that I kind of feel a little um, sheepishly basic because I kind of thought I kind of thought that I wasn't. I thought that this was something rather like unique that I was into. And it turns out like it's the most uh, everyone's into this right now. But it's converted school buses or converted buses of any kind that are turned into these beautiful living spaces. and I started getting kind of into this idea back when, remember when I was really into the idea of like redoing a vintage camper for a yeah, while. And definitely in those days you could still, and maybe you still can, but you could get a school bus much cheaper, like similar sized. And then they're basically just a big open box. And so, and you're not, um, and, are you going to drive them somewhere? That's what I'm confused about. Or do they sit more like a mobile home sits and doesn't, No, you would, well, you would drive them like, this would be what you would, obviously what you would use when you're driving from Newfoundland to Alaska. Okay. Uh, okay. So come on. I just didn't know people were mostly like parking these in their on no, their I think farm they are mostly, for a while. I think they're mostly using them in their millennial ge- uh, geographically independent life. Okay. Or what's the word? Geographically non-specific life. Oh so it's like very much a modern young okay. people's nomad thing. And okay. um, so it's it had been on my radar. And then when Eric and I started dating, he was like, hey, what would you ever think about like you know, converting an old school bus. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're my dream, man. So then we talked about it. We watched it like a YouTube movie about this couple that did it. And then I started following all these school bus um, conversion Instagram accounts. And what's really funny now is the ones I get fed, it's like beautiful young people waking up and having their coffee in what looks like a $100,000 renovation. And this, you know, what I was thinking was like, buy a $3,000 school bus and like, I don't know, throw, throw a bed a, in the back, throw a bed in the back. Like, yeah, hang up some, um, hang up some can't like of those little party lights in there and it's going to be great. And it's been taken to like an art level. And, uh, so it's, it's a thing. Now I think what Eric told me being the more mechanical minded one, uh, and the more logistically, the, the better like practical mind of the two of us is that school buses are great because they are maintained really well. Okay. Um, the yeah, school districts maintain them really yeah. well. And they often don't have that many miles when they get sold. So anyway, apparently it's a great way to get across the country if you want to. It, it poses some logistical hurdles that I won't get into now because we're talking fantasy. But if you want to go find like if you want to just fall down a rabbit hole of online inspo, just check out like go to there's schoolies and people call them schoolies, S-K-O-O-L-I-E. And I oh, think you can okay. probably follow that hashtag. Um, what's really funny is I saw this meme the other day that showed like on the left, it was the old Chris Farley skit from SNL where he was the guy who lived in a van down by the river because he had no money. He was like a motivational speaker who lost all his money. So 
then next to it on the right, it's like now, you know, back then it was like kids, you'll live in a van down by the river. And now it's like, it's like a cautionary could, tale. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it's like you could spend $35,000 to have a van down by yeah. the river. And it's really true. Like people do very elaborate yeah. um, renovations, but there, I think to me, if you had to, like, you were talking about the things that are the through lines for you, um, you know, the cozy spaces, yeah. the slightly askew windows, direct doors, whatever. <laughs> I think for me, it's the idea of taking something and making it something else. That's so appealing. Oh, yeah. Like, Taking yeah. something that's really just functional and making it beautiful or that allows you to like live nomadically, something about mm-hmm. that is very appealing to me. So maybe in, you know, another 10 years, it'll be something else that people are jumping on. Maybe I'll live in a boat. I don't know. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Houseboats yeah. will be the next thing. Yep. So funny. Yep. I love it. Well, um, the last one for me is a little different, a little bit of a departure. And I will say this fantasy space didn't really come up for me until I moved back to my hometown of Santa Barbara two years ago. I never really had this fantasy, but the fantasy is about commercial space, like a downtown office, something that was not my home that I got to Mm. set up and decorate and like have a brick and mortar something with the funny thing is from a true entrepreneurial standpoint, I have no desire to go to an office or to own a brick and mortar business, but something about having the space separate from my house that I got to like develop is so um, inspiring. And so, you know, I started Pilates recently. I should give an update on that soon, but Megan, I am going to right now box you um, a couple pictures of my downtown um, Pilates studio. So listeners, I'll throw these in the show notes or Insta too, but Santa Barbara has a, an eclectic looking downtown. There's a lot of red tile roofs and Spanish style architecture. There's build, there's pretty buildings and regular, not so pretty buildings, but my Pilates studio, Megan, you can see it's this tiny little like squash between two other commercial spaces. And it's really tiny, like a little pointed roof, almost like a little house and this big funky, like bricked window. And that's it. (laughs) It's a one, one door. So yeah, when I pulled up, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so cute. And since this Google earth photo was taken. She has like put a sign out there and I walked in and it's all hers. It's one Pilates studio. It's all her space. Everything. There's plants and lighting. That window and, is so fun too. Yeah. Oh my the gosh, little round so one. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there is something inspiring to me about, um, particularly my downtown, which has a lot of, um, it also has a lot of like mid-century bungalows, like craftsman style bungalows that have been converted to commercial space where now there's like a chiropractor or a lawyer or like a design firm in there. Um, so I don't know when I drive and walk around my own city's downtown, I think I would love to either renovate or set up or maybe even just be a landlord in a commercial space that I could make look really cute. And that's a new one for me. That was never a fantasy I had since until I moved back. And yeah, there's just a lot of good charm and history and eclectic looks to our downtown. I actually have have found myself um, wanting it's like like you I don't necessarily want to go work in this space. I just want to possess the space and do something fun with it. And so I will find myself seeing like a place and going, "Ooh, that would be a great tasting room. And I'm like, I don't want to open a tasting room or like (laughs) that would be a great little cafe. It would be for someone else. I'm not going to do that. But there is something so appealing about like having a, a hand in the creative vision. Yeah of like how to use it. And when we have our, the mom, our media um, offices in London um, <laughs> and New Hampshire, um, we won't actually have to go to those offices very often. Right. We'll just stop in and like the cat do the thing where them. we look around. Yeah. Well, we'll have employees <laughs> the there, cats. but you know, we'll just kind of look around and nod and go, mm, yes, yes, quite very, very well, very good. And then mm-hmm. we'll go back to our homes, our home offices. Yeah. I love it. Our beds. I love we'll it. just still our be bed. working from bed. <laughs> We'll just have a bunch of office spaces just to have them and never go to them. And we'll be working in bed. I love it. I can't believe neither one of us mentioned a a home library, but I think it means that we're not done with this topic. Like there's probably a whole whole episode. (laughs) And there is like, there's an entire category of Instagram for amazing home book collections. But yeah, well, this was so fun. Thank you for sharing all those inspirational spaces with me. I loved it. I loved it too. And listeners, we always love to hear from you. So join in the conversation in our Facebook group or on Instagram or wherever you most like to find us. And we will be back with you on Tuesday. Tuesday is a continuation of our listener questions 
two-part episode that we started last week. We always do those in pairs. So we have some more great listener questions and our, I don't know, maybe great, maybe questionable advice coming up on Tuesday. (laughs) Megan, I will talk to you then. Talk to you then. Hey everyone, Sarah here. Megan and I would absolutely love it if you hit pause right now, right where you're listening and left the mom hour a rating and review. If our show has helped you feel a little more confident as a mom or a little less alone, that's one of the absolute biggest ways you can thank us. And it really takes about 30 seconds. If you're listening in Apple Podcasts, just navigate to the Mom Hours show listing. So not the episode you're listening to right now, but the kind of landing area for our show as a whole. And then scroll down to leave a rating or review. Thank you so much. Hey, everyone, we have a favor to ask. If you are an Apple Podcasts user, can you check really quickly to make sure you're still following the Mom Hour? Apple did one of their big software updates recently, and it changed a bunch of things about how you get the podcasts you're subscribed to. If Apple Podcasts is your podcast app of choice, all you have to do is find your way to our show page and then click the little plus sign or follow in the top right corner. Thanks so much.